0: Hey everybody, it's day 17 of our 90 day challenge. Are you excited? I'm excited. The topic for today is just ask. Be to do what it says. You will be Welcome to 2nd Kings. We're reading 2nd Kings, the second chapter, the first through the 15th verse, and then we'll jump to 2nd Kings, the fourth chapter, the first through the seventh verse. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at jericho went up to elisha and asked him do you know that the lord is going to take your master from you today yes i know he replied so be quiet then elijah said to him stay here the lord has sent me to the jordan and he replied as surely as the lord lives and as you live i will not leave you so the two of them walked on 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father! the chariots and horsemen of Israel, and Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. 2 Kings 4, 1-7 the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to elisha your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the lord but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves elisha replied to her how can i help you tell me what do you have in your house your servant has nothing there at all she said except a small jar of olive oil Elisha said go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars don't ask for just a few then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled put it to one side she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring when all the jars were full she said to her son bring me another one but he replied there's not a jar left Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. And that ends our worship reading for today. Our worship thought is titled, just ask. There is something I need you to know right out of the gate. God is invested in all of you, not just the big things but also the small things. God cares so much about you that he will visit you and in only God would know that kind of way just to show you that he's listening, that he cares and that he loves you. Jeremiah 1 12 says that God is watching over his word to make sure that it is carried out. Did you hear that? God has a surveillance camera over his own word making sure that the footage reflects his footprints. Luke 12 and 7 corroborates this when it says, Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Don't second guess your prayers. If it matters to you, then it matters to God. If you are reading this or hearing this and you feel like your concerns do not matter, know that God cares about the small things. Just think, if he cares enough to count the hairs on your head, why won't God be equally as concerned about the pain in your heart? If God heard the cries of Hannah and opened her womb, and if he responded to Daniel's prayers and stopped the lions from devouring him, why would God ignore you? God is too big not to care about every aspect of his creation. With that being said, ask for what you really need God to do. Ask for the big thing. <laughs> ask for the small thing. Just ask that's what I would have said to the widow woman if she asked my advice we met her today in 2nd Kings but specifically in 2nd Kings 4 we are told from the outset that her husband was a man from the company of prophets but he died and left her in a heap of debt the woman is asking Elisha for help so the creditors don't sell her two boys as slaves the first lesson I see here is this don't just be prophetic Have a plan. Don't just ask God to help you speak life to others. Make sure after you have done full time ministry for the world, you have saved up something for your family. A prophet with no plan is only hearing one part of God's word. Listen, y'all. The Bible says the man was in the school of prophets, but he didn't see his death coming. Why? Because we prophesy only in part. He didn't have a plan in place for his family when he transitioned. Like this prophet, many of us are spiritual, but not practical. We can speak life to everyone else, but we don't have a life insurance policy. We can travel the world to worship with the greatest of them, but we don't have a will. We are super saved, but don't have a savings account. And God wants us to be balanced in all things. Just think, because this prophet did not have a plan, his wife had to turn to another man to ask for help. Don't leave your house uncovered for the sake of ministry. Remember, before there was church, there was family. And God would want me to be focused on being a parent with a plan over and above my preaching itinerary in the land. But that wasn't even the worship thought. That was just a life lesson. Here is the worship thought. When the woman comes to Elisha, he tells her to go and borrow empty jars from her neighbors. Today, as I read this, I thought to myself now, "Mm, if God told me, Sean, to borrow empty jars from my neighbors, they wouldn't have a clue who I am. Why? Because my neighbors are strangers to me. Well, why are they strangers? (laughs) Because I don't know I haven't taken the time to develop relationships with those who live on my street in my development or even in my city. And this convicted me because Jesus literally tells us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So if we don't know them, how can we love them? And if we ever need to ask a favor from them, how do we think they'll respond if we don't even know their name? I believe we are in a real crisis as it relates to evangelism today. Let me tell you why. Because people don't care about your God if you don't care about their person. People couldn't care less about your sermon if you don't even smile when you leave the complex. So in order to introduce Christ to others, you should first be willing to introduce yourself to them. We never know who is on our street to bless us. We never know who God is sending our way so that we can be a blessing to them. But we first must take the time to say hello. So the prophet tells this particular woman to go to her neighbors, borrow as many jars as she can. And he specifically tells her, watch this, not to ask for a few. I'll never forget when I applied for a PhD from Duke University and the professor I planned to work with, his name is Dr. Maurice Wallace, he told me upon hearing about my rejection these words. Perhaps God told you no because you're asking too low. It stung. But it was like God talking directly to me through him. Perhaps God told you no because you're asking too low. What if, my friends, God is telling you to ask big? But you are concerned about how that will make you look perhaps god is telling you to make a bold move but you're more concerned about your image than his instruction are you asking too low could it be that the job you were meant to apply for was the job god was calling you to but before you could even apply you let the wrong voice tell you otherwise just ask and ask big Just ask, ask big and get to know your neighbors before you ask for anything. Why? Because everybody wants to be useful. Nobody wants to be used. This same principle applies to God as well. How many times have we prayed for something we needed God to do instead of worshiping him for who he is? I've heard it said like this. We ask for God's hand and not his heart. But God is not a genie in a bottle. Yes, God cares for us, and yes, God loves us deeply, but God is too good to be treated so small. Worshippers are considerate. Worshippers are kind. Worshippers are relational. Worshippers are intentional. When the woman obeyed the prophet, God met her spoken and unspoken needs, and I believe God is challenging you to do the same today. So just ask. Last story, I promise, and I'll let you go. I'm led to share it, though, because I really believe it's meant for someone to hear. In 2013, a couple of friends and I decided to plan a four-city worship tour to bring a unified encounter to Chicago, Baltimore, Atlanta, and Raleigh. The instructions were very clear. Only focus on God as the headliner. No artists announced. No compensation given. This was a tour promoting only God. Okay. It sounded really adorable, but the truth is the moment I spoke the vision out loud, I became nervous. But God said, trust me. I didn't really know what that meant. I mean, a tour like this required intense planning and finances. But God said, trust me. I decided to trust him. And within weeks of announcing the tour, four churches opened their doors without a fee attached to host the event. But wait, it gets better. Next on the list was the hardest thing to secure, and that was anointed and skilled musicians who would come on tour with us for free. God said, trust me. I said, "Okay, God, I I hear you. But at any point you want me to write a check, I can just write a check to, uh, you know, help you out. How often do we do that? We think God needs our two cents because literally that's all I had in my bank account anyway to help him out. But the scripture tells us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God owns the chicken and the egg, the beauty and the beast, the mansion and the gold mines. All of these things belong to him. So if he is asking you to trust him, then you've got to remember that the one who called you is faithful and he will do it. First Thessalonians 5:24. So, listen, I had no other choice but to trust God. By Tuesday of that same week, six musicians were confirmed for the first two cities. My team was jumping with joy, but all I could think about were the other two cities. Let me pause here and say this, sometimes God will bless us with partial provision to gauge our gratefulness. As much as I had believed God, I also harbored skepticism in my heart, which kept me from rejoicing. For the two cities but take my example as a lesson god deserves honor even if he doesn't tell us all the details the one who calls us is faithful and he will do it so the cloud of doubt came rushing in and a friend of mine advised me to wait on the lord her her words strengthened me at the right time before she hung up she recommended a guy that i should call that she knew He was a humble and unassuming guy, and I I didn't think or know at the time that he was a musician until I actually spoke to him. But when I called him, I told him about my four city tour, and I asked him if he knew any musicians. He paused and said, give me 20 minutes. Within 20 minutes, all musicians were confirmed and they had agreed to the entire mission statement of the tour. But wait, there's more. As I began to thank this guy for his help, by the way, his name was Emmanuel. <laughs> wow. Emmanuel stopped me mid-sentence and said, you don't understand, Sean. Six months ago, the Holy Spirit told me to leave my job because I would be traveling very soon with the group of worshipers. So when you called, I knew it was God answering my prayer. Oh, my God. That day, I learned two things. Number one, God is faithful. Number two, many times our needs are answers to someone else's prayer. So if we let fear grip us and if we let rejection restrict us, we may just disrupt or delay someone else's destiny. So back to the worship thought. Just ask and don't just ask for a few. What if the thing you need is the missing verb in someone else's sentence? What if your lack will give someone else purpose? Like me, I know you might be fearful and perhaps you are frustrated. I know you may be upset that the plan hasn't yet come together, when in truth, you're just afraid to ask. So just ask because your need may be someone else's answer so what is your worship work today remember the story today of the widow woman and be intentional about building better relationships with the people who live around you as well don't be afraid to ask for the big thing list a few big things you have been a bit nervous to ask god for or about and spend the rest of your day praying about them you have not because you ask not Let's pray, God of of miracles, signs and wonders. wonders. I believe in in your power. So come do what only you can do. You've healed before, you can heal again. You have transformed before, you can transform again. You have provided oil in empty jars before. I trust that you can do it again. Help me to be more lovable and kind. Help me to slow down and get to know the people around me. I specifically place my faith in the area I've been ignoring lately, and I ask you to perform a miracle in my life and in the life of those I love. I trust you to do the impossible because you are a miracle worker.
1: Amen.